Here's a quick word from our sponsor. Vercel is the platform for front-end developers, providing the speed and reliability innovators need to create at the moment of inspiration. Founded by the creators of Next.js, Vercel has zero configuration support for 35-plus front-end frameworks, including SvelteKit. We enable the world's largest brands like Under Armour, eBay, and Nintendo to iterate faster and create quality software. Try out Vercel today to experience the easiest way to use Svelte. Hello, welcome to the Svelte Podcast. <laughs> I want I wanted to do that in in the form of um, what's that guy called that comedian from the UK? Uh, he's very very grandiose about stuff. I can't remember that name of him. I'll, I'll oh, dig that one up. <laughs> I thought you were just doing the Kevin. Kevin is just like he's like welcome back. <laughs> well, he, yeah, because you can do that too, right? You could just you can do lots of things with it. But the the thing the important bit is to go. But first, a word from our sponsors. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And I guess the sponsors would now talk, so we can chop this bit out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we, we have done the introduction now, and it's just yeah. me and Anthony today, so you're going to get a lot of banter back and forth, but it's welcome back. It's just the two of us. <laughs> I know. We can make it if we try. Um, <laughs> hey, we should tell people about what we've been up to. Yeah, absolutely. I've you been first. sick. <laughs> oh, dear. That's, that's disappointing. Yeah, I know. So last week... I had a very productive beginning of the week. And then Wednesday, I had this important meeting that I had to get something done for. And I woke up with a stomach bug. So I like pushed to get the stuff done for the meeting. I got into the meeting. I had the meeting, did what I wanted to do. And then I like allowed myself to get sick. I was like, now I'm done. I'm going to bed. And I slept for like two days straight and then was better by Friday. (laughs) But I... People laugh at me because I say allowed myself to get sick, but that's how I feel like it is as a parent. Like you can't always just be sick. You have to do other things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I have the same thing now, obviously being a new parent and it's, it's hard because we've been ill for the last four weeks, both of us. Uh, I'm still not quite over it. My throat's still full of like, mm. you know, pain and horrible things. And trying to really, the cat is trying to eat my leg. Go away. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with the cat's gone crazy. Um, yeah, so I'm very much the same in that respect. I think it's not a good season. No, and my children have had like different illnesses at different times, and it's been just a mess. My son is sick again, too, with oh, something no. else. As long as we don't pass it through the house, that's a win. And mine did not go to anybody else, so I'm hoping that we can keep people secluded. <laughs> yeah, I definitely got mine from, from the baby. Oh, yeah. And the baby's ill again now. The baby got ill and then she was fine. And then she's, well, fine-ish. And now she's ill again. So mm. not getting a lot of sleep, which is great fun. I'm just exactly. going to let cat on my lap. I'm going to let this cat. Come on then. Now what? Yeah. When the cat. babies are sick, like they don't sleep well and they're fussy. Yeah. And it's just, oh, it's so bad for everyone. <laughs> but is it daycare? Like just daycare cold? It's daycare. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's It happened at the dawn of daycare for us and, and <laughs> yep. it's been ongoing. I've, I've heard reports of four months of illness. So that's always fun. Yeah. Um, so being, being up to things, what have I been up to? What have I been up to? Apart from being ill, um, I... I went to a, a pub that's local for, for some drinks and some food and we sat at this big table. They've got 
Um, and it's made of like the whole table's made of copper, like the whole like copper top. Um, obviously, it's not solid. It's got wood, but it's wrapped in this copper and it's just a smooth, smooth, shiny copper. But also because of all the use it's had, it's kind of got this kind of black patina and then it's got like rings where cups have been and stuff. And I'm, I'm guessing some of it's intentional, but some of it's not. And I just sat there thinking for the whole time, how great is this table? And so I went home thinking I want this as a dining table because we're in the market for a new dining table anyway. And I looked it up and that table's worth about five or six grand. What? And I can't, af- I can't afford five or six grand on a table. So I started yeah. looking on eBay, you know, secondhand. I started looking at copper sheeting, make your own kind of thing. No, I already have too many projects on the go. Um, <laughs> And all the secondhand ones that weren't even as pretty were 800, one and a half thousand, you know, I was like, this is, this is crazy. But I found this perfectly sized copper topped, um, coffee table bench thing for 50 quid with no bids. I'm like, well, I'll have that because the copper on it alone is worth about, I don't know, 500 quid. So I put a, I put a watch on it. I put a bid in thinking maybe someone will bid me. No one did. Uh, I got them to deliver it down here and it's, amazing like the copper on it's beautiful it's wonderful and wow. it cost me 50 quid um, that's so amazing I'm, I'm, yeah so i'm i bought some legs for it and some sticking legs on it today and and then i have a coffee table well not a coffee table i have a, have a dining table that used to be a big coffee table okay so it's just so like it's, a meant for a smaller space it's kind well, of dining it's, table? it's it's kind of like it's not a coffee table because it's probably too big it's apparently it's like 70 years old or 80 years old or something so it's oh. really really old so it's a very large, like desk-sized coffee table, and we've got a small kind of all-in-one room downstairs with the kitchen and the living room and the diner. And so we were looking for a small coffee table, a small dining table. So it's perfect for that. So yeah. it's kind of worked out really well. Um, I think I know what you yeah. mean. Like one of the ones that goes in the center of the living room. Yeah. Rectangular well, yeah. one. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I mean, it, it will go with our little nook that I built. So it'll be quite, quite neat, and tidy in the corner to eat, to eat meals off. Um, I'll set. I'll put some photos when yeah. I've got when I've got it built. Um, That's exciting. Yeah, bit of bit of bit of recycling, upcycling, bit of um, I'm excited bit of to DIY, see it. bit of something different. Yeah, well, the whole nook is was built by me over the last year or so, so there's yeah. lots to see. <laughs> um, <laughs> Before I got sick, the thing that I finished was actually a PMPM workspace for uh, uh, monorepo set up for our packages right. at work. So I have all of that now working with Storybook and Spelt Kit. I have nice. that. That's for our component library. I have the style library, and then I have an icon library. All you got chain sets? Uh, I don't have that working yet, but I'm, that's okay. one of my next tasks. Yeah, it's a bit tricky, so let me know if you need some yeah. help, but it's okay. cool. It's <laughs> so good. The yep. fly is awesome. Amazing. Yeah, I was playing with uh, technology-wise Terraform uh, a couple of, last couple of days because I've realized that all of my cloud infrastructure is just me clicking around in Google Cloud and hoping for the best. So I've now Terraformed a bunch of it, and it's I, I love it. I think it's a great, great tool. If I don't really know it. much about that. What is Terraform? Infrastructure as code. So rather than trying to navigate their horrible UI or trying to do things manually via the console or, you know, sticking this things in a script or whatever, you just write some Terraform scripts, which are, they're like, like a DSL. Um, and then you just run it and it looks at what's there, looks at what you've done, stores a state. And so it will kind of, it can kind of incrementally up and down the services. So you can build your environment bit by bit. You can then cool. use that same script on a different project, thus replicating for a QA environment or a staging environment. It's really cool. It's really good. And it's that not sounds, that difficult. 
Yeah, that sounds really good. It sounds kind of like how you can make a schema and sometimes databases will like auto generate your tables yeah. and stuff for you. It's similar, kind of sounds similar to that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's literally like, it's, it's like building software, but you're building infrastructure, you know, you're building machines and setting permissions. And it's a lot easier to learn that than it is to click around the Google Cloud UI, which is indecipherable most of the time. <laughs> I've heard that in AWS to console. Well, yeah, really yeah. And Terraform will run across all of these projects, right? So you can you can have your infrastructure on multiple clouds, which is nice. Cool. Um, and then, yeah, the last thing, I found a Yamaha keyboard in its box on the street <gasps> outside my house. I was like, I'm having that. What? Um, didn't expect it to work, and it didn't. But oh. I opened it up, and there's one capacitor which is worth 64 pence to replace, and I think it'll work after that. So I'm going to grab that today. I see yeah. it in the background over there. You see the box in the background, yeah. I'm that is exciting. I play piano, so I love anything ah. to do with like keyboards and pianos. I don't, but I can hack around it as if I know what I'm doing, <laughs> like like I can with Terraform. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, got some cheap cool. and free like cool things to play with. Always recycling, salvaging. It's always good. I like it. Absolutely. Well, should we get to our discussion topics? Let's. We have let's lots so. of things to talk about today. I feel like it's been a minute since we've done one of these, so we have several things on the docket. Indeed. Okay, so where should we start? Let's start at the top. Let's start at the top. Cool. I was going to let you uh, go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, the first thing is discussion. These are things I've seen just being discussed and sort of conclusions have been drawn, and so it's pretty cool that, that they're there. Um, so I thought it was worth mentioning them. The first one is the ever, ever going I-18N. If you've seen that thread on GitHub, it's been suggested that we even get OpenGPT to summarize that thread because it's got so long, <laughs> it's no longer acceptable to humans. I um, love that. And, <laughs> and it's and it's complex because it's a it's a tough um, it's a tough problem to solve. However, um, the way the way that the next steps here is that is that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything concrete here because I don't know what the setup is yet. But essentially, there is interest in building some sort of framework or uh, library agnostic I18N solution. Um, internationalization, by the way, I should probably say the full name for those who don't know the acronym I18N. You replace um, all of the all of the middle letters with the number of characters there are to make it acceptable to, to, to people to read. So I18N, same with accessibility, A11Y. Um, but yeah, so, so this is, this is great because what this means is that, um, this, this doesn't sit on our plate where we're kind of, kind of, you know, we're not sure what to do about it. Um, it's somebody who's got the interest in this particular area and it will be something that can be used across multiple different, uh, you know, we're not just restricted to Svelte or Svelte here. So, that's pretty exciting um, and more details as they uh, become sort of synthesized or concretized. I don't, I don't know what, you, what you'd say. C15D. Yeah, I was just looking for the one and it's the I18N brainstorming. Is that Rich has this long <laughs> post? <Yeah. laughs> okay. Well, yeah. I put that in the show notes for us. Yeah, this is all interesting. I've never dove into internationalization, so... It's, it's a tough one because there's many approaches, there's many solutions, not everything works for everybody. And without knowing everybody's individual scenarios, it's hard to say it for one and go, that's what we're going to do, that's what we're going to build, and that's, that's what it'll be. So to have somebody who's got a passion about this, uh, interested in building something uh, as, as a collaborative project is, is great. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so next one is dynamic base path. So this is what I've got a personal vested interest in. Um, and I know that people who use IPFS are also interested in this because you don't know what your base path is going to be until your application is running and deployed. Um, for me, I want to build, um, I want to say like, it's, I would say white label, but I don't know how controversial that is nowadays. Um, it's, it's essentially a, a site that you can brand however you want that's built in a generic way. So um, I don't know a good example, but for instance, we have uh, partners who use our marketplace and they want it with their header, their footer, their color theme. Um, you know, that's that's what I'm talking about here. And the reason that you need dynamic base path for that is because some people want it on their own domain. Some people want it on like a, a subpath. So slash blah, slash blah, slash blah. And with Sapper, where we originally wrote this, we could do the multiple domain thing, but we can't do the multiple path thing because it doesn't know where to look the assets because it doesn't know where, when it, cause it's the same application that's running all the time. Instances running on a different subpath get the wrong base path for their delivery of, of the assets. So the site breaks. I got you. So pretty exciting that that's now getting some more traction. Uh, there's been some commits recently from Ben, I think. Uh, oh, okay. It looks like there's a closed a PR too. Yeah, so I think th this tranche of it, and I haven't tried it, so I don't know whether it fulfills all of my needs, for example, but this tranche of it certainly is now is now sorted and closed. So I think so Ben closed it. is still I open. Here's yeah. the issue. It looks like Richard Ben did it. I don't, don't know if there's other contributors. Sorry if I didn't mention anybody. <laughs> um, but yeah. Oh, here we go. Yes, Wiggawag. Wiggawag for the PR. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, so that's really exciting. Oh, that's um, not the right issue. It, I was trying to see if there was still an open issue on it, but there, there might. This might be the one. Yeah, seventeen hours ago. This is what I'm talking about. This is the one. Oh, okay, is, awesome. Yeah, where it's been. So it is officially like released now. Yes. Yes. This this bit is is officially released. So there should be a good level of stuff working now, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, oh. and it's raised a point there's another thing i wanted to mention actually that i makes escape my mind again <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah the other thing is um people are seeing that a lot of um issues merge requests pull requests wouldn't recall them are being closed uh like en masse on svelte merged or or kind of outright rejected and the reason for this is not because it's suddenly all become more active and like woohoo <laughs> what it is is we want to move svelte into a more modern setup i.e a pmpm pm, monorepo with change sets because the release process for change set right now is reliant on a single person conduit tree who uh is kind of the final push it out to um to npm person which is obviously Wonderful because he's extremely conscientious, but not very scalable. So we're looking yeah. to hopefully um, modernize that so it looks a bit more like the SvelteKit repository. Awesome. Yeah, you never want to have like one person being in charge of everything and knowing like how each of these pieces works. No. Nope. I'm trying to be very transparent and setting up my stuff too and be like document everything and how it works so somebody else could just take it over if they needed to. Yeah, key person syndrome is definitely something worth avoiding in all scenarios, especially when you own a company. <laughs> yeah. So that's felt itself that we're looking to move over. And yes. is that in one of the Svelte four milestones? Should we move that up and talk about it's, that? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of prior to Svelte four because okay. you know, the whole thing is 
unfortunately can't be parallelized. You have to basically take uh, the repository, modernize it, get the release process in place, get the get all the versioning process in place. Then you can start to think about releasing next version, um, which you know, as I understand it, the next version of Svelte will basically be pulling out all the legacy stuff that we no longer need because the world has moved on finally, um, which will give us massive speed improvements, size improvements, things like that. Awesome. Yeah, so we now have the like Svelte 4.0 official milestones in there. There's a pretty uh-huh. long list. And like you said, you have to get the monorepo and everything set up to push it yeah. out before you can work on these. But yeah, exactly. Precursory work. support. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> but exactly what, you know, what a, what a boost because yeah. supporting all those old node versions and stuff is, is, is a, an ever growing amount of work for very diminishing return. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of things in there. If if you <laughs> notice anything that you want to call out specifically, but otherwise yeah, we can just leave it in the show notes and people can check it out. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's nothing specifically in there that I'm, I'm excited by. I've always, I've always maintained that <gasps> felt for me is, is like, you know, pretty damn good as it is, but yeah, Brittany, you appear to have something. Oh, allow the each block to handle arbitrary non-array like iterables. Oh yeah. Oh that yeah, that's nice. Fancy. <laughs> that's not, and it, again, it's like because I'm not excited by it because it, I can do it with dot entries, right? But yes, it is cool that we will. Yes, support like maps. so, like an object would work. Uh, well, anything iterable, right? So yeah, this it's almost like a no, no, uh, no effort game to say. Oh my! If God. something's iterable, we should be able to iterate it kind of by default. That you know, sounds fantastic. Yeah. The, the weird one about this was the discussion that was had was around, we, we currently allow iterating kind of anything you want, as long as it has a length property. The, the, the discussion we had was, do, do we now break that and say, you can't just iterate an object that just has a length property because it's not actually iterable. It's just the way we detected the, you know, whether it was a, an array or not or an iterable or not. Um, so do do we regress that? And I, I really like personally hope we don't because my entire Stack Overflow kudos and points are from one question, which I answered with, you can iterate by specifying a length property on, a, on an empty object. So <laughs> um, no, I, I, I'm, I'm kidding, of course. Like that is why I've got my, my Stack Overflow points because I don't use it. But um, I think <laughs> it feels right to go, well, actually that's a bit of a hack and we should drop it. Okay still interesting and lots of cool things going on in here so indeed check it out yeah there's there's plenty of cool stuff it's not to say it's not cool it's just there's nothing here where i've gone oh i really need that been waiting to it for it forever like yeah i just haven't (laughs) i think it's just it's been most of us in the spelt ecosystem i think maybe not you you've probably been around longer but spelt three has been like what we all know and so thinking about spelt four and the future seems kind of like it's time Actually, you know what? It's funny because I've just said that, uh, <laughs> and actually, the first issue on that on that roadmap is one that I was the second commenter on, um, <laughs> because it really did bother me. I mean, it it doesn't because you can just append slash, uh, pipe local, but I've always felt that transitions should not block rendering if if you know, despite having local or not. But it, it's it's essentially it's essentially like. It's 
it's a bug that I worked around a long time ago. Not a bug, it's a, it's a feature, I guess, really, that we worked around a long time ago, whereby if you don't append pipe local to a, an, uh, a transition and you've got nested transitions, they will all those transitions have to play out before the page changes. And at least for a point in Sapper, that would break the navigation entirely. So good to have this, definitely. Again, not exciting, but certainly a nice... A nice I've, fix. Speaking of page transitions, I've seen Jeff Rich doing a lot of like the actual native page transition API stuff. That's yeah. I think it's still in Canary, but with Svelte, which is really cool to see too. Yeah, absolutely. I think Jeff Rich has done a lot of tutorials as well on online and, and building things in public, which is pretty cool. Yeah, we should probably mention those, but I haven't got the link to them right now. <laughs> okay, I will. We look should at link. The link. Let's link Jeff Rich's Twitter. Okay, sounds good. And you go ahead and say your next one because I know we have a lot of job openings right now. Oh yeah. So Bianc is hiring. Um, you can always check on jobs.bianc.com. I haven't put the tech job up there, but I am yet, but I am looking for a new engineer for our tech team. A little bit about it. It'll be a full stack job. I'm not too concerned about location. I am somewhat concerned about time zones because collaboration is really good. I'm looking for somebody that's relatively, um, you know, relatively experienced, not just with Svelte, but with Node as well. And yeah, like we have a good company with a great culture. Um, we have a small tech team right now, so it's a place where you can make your mark. Um, we're not tied into any specific technologies with the exception of Svelte. I don't know what it would take to convince me to move away from that. I don't think it exists, <laughs> um, but we're not tied to anything else. We've recently started looking at Fastify, for example, for the back end. Um, mm -hmm. We previously used HappyJS, both great, both great frameworks, but good to have knowledge of both and, and compare and contrast, and and not be so fixed on something that you that you just ignore everything else going by. Have you migrated to SvelteKit? Yes, we have two applications that still are in Sapper, um, but there one of them has been almost removed entirely. There is just the marketplace page that's left. Um, the auth is now a Svelte app using AuthJS, which is very cool. Um, nice. So there's a very, very small Sapper app and our dashboard is still mostly in Sapper, but we have a kind of hybrid app. So it, it kind of transparently flicks between our new Svelte dashboard and our original Sapper dashboard as you navigate, because um, we're migrating kind of page by page, because it's quite a big application. There's quite a lot of work to migrate the whole thing wholesale. What does Fastify or some of those other backend things offer you that you couldn't get in SvelteKit? I've always believed that that SvelteKit is is kind of primarily a front-end framework that can support backend. Mm. And I do think that backend dedicated backend frameworks are better for backend than a backend framework built into a front-end framework. Okay. What I mean by that is the amount of support for quite esoteric connections, um, things like, good example, if I think about uh, OAuth connectors and things like that, there's there's whole libraries such as Bell for HappyJS, there's equivalents of Fastify that allow plugin plugin providers. Whereas in SvelteKit right now, you'd have to build your own and start from scratch. Mm. I always I also think that you know the goal of SvelteKit's API is to keep it kind of light, just a very very small layer of things around the event object to make it oh. you know compatible with everything. Whereas something like Fastify, it gives you that ability to define things in a way that you can slot in validation very easily with just a single line of code, a bit of configuration. It's got kind of scoped permission structure so you can do different types of auth on different parts of your backend application. Um, it's got all that kind of backendy stuff that's really valuable that we'd never build natively into SvelteKit because it just okay. doesn't seem the right thing to do. 
Um, it's just that kind of extra layer on top, but not so much that it's something like, I'm trying to think, like Express.js I don't use because it's too raw. It's too light. It's actually just using, it's like using Svelte Git. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just basically help us around stuff and it's got a bunch of plugins, but they all seem to be very fragmented and all over the place. I never really liked it. Um, Happy and Fastify plugins are very strict about their structure and their hooks and they're very neat and tidy. And the other side of this is something like, I'm picking one out of the air because I don't use them much, but let's say AuroraJS, I think it is. Um, is that the right name? But something that tries to do everything, it's got a built-in ORM. I don't use ORMs, I don't want that. I don't want to have to exclude it from config. I want to just have just enough that gives me a, uh, an easy way to build APIs and not too little and not too much. AuroraJS is a JavaScript audio decoding framework. It's not that one then. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a, what is it called? There's a, there's oh a wait, bunch of... Aurora JS. There is a simple framework for Node JS too. So on mm, NPM, it it's be. a simple framework for Node, and on GitHub, <laughs> it's a JavaScript on here. Weird. So it's two separate things. I will link well, the NPM one though. <laughs> I, I could use Sales, right? And and I don't want to pick on Sales particularly because I think Sales is very good for what it does. Um, but Sales for me is a prime example of doing too much. The name gives it away. It's named after Rails. Rails is a prime oh. example of something that does too much. It tries to build in a data access layer that you can use. I, I just don't like that. I don't want that, right? That's what um, we use at work. So we're using Svelte right. with Routeify for the front end and then okay. Rails. And sales and back end. end. Oh, and Rails. Rails, Rails yeah. yeah. And and there's nothing wrong with Rails specifically or sales or anything like that. It's just, it's not for me. It's not how I like to build things. So I, I, try, and, I try and avoid those all-in-one, all-encompassing solutions. But I also try and avoid the all-in-one, uh, sorry, the, the non-in-one, the, the Express.js, the raw, here's the request and response, knock yourself out. It's too, it's too little. Yeah. You know, I want a happy medium. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. Here's a quick word from our sponsor. Vercel is the platform for front-end developers, providing the speed and reliability innovators need to create at the moment of inspiration. Founded by the creators of Next.js, Vercel has zero configuration support for 35-plus front-end frameworks, including SvelteKit. We enable the world's largest brands like Under Armour, eBay, and Nintendo to iterate faster and create quality software. Try out Vercel today to experience the easiest way to use Svelte. So uh, when I was looking for things to talk about today, I just saw that there were a lot of job openings and good ones that we've had speakers at Svelte Summit. And I just wanted to list a few of those. So Spiegel, um, the German newspaper, is hiring, um, is it Matthias? Is that who it is on Twitter? Uh, I always struggle to map the names on Discord to the names on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> That's Apart what I said own. at Spelt Summit is that we needed like the Discord and the Twitter handle and the image of everybody so we could tell who they were. I Anyways, so yeah. I have it linked in there, but they need a visual Svelte developer at Spiegel. Cool. What, what do you wonder? I was just wondering if there's a way of making like a bot or something where you could just ask it about a Twitter account and it'll show you the Discord name or Discord where it'll show you the Twitter account name. I bet. OpenAI or ChatGPT or whatever would do oh, that. Oh gosh, no, it's too much. <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> well, it's, I was thinking more interested parties could link this to themselves. They could say, this is my account, this is my Twitter handles, this is whatever else. Like like Linktree, but built into Discord. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I knew, know you can set up your profile on Discord to have all of that, but it would be nice oh. if you had an easy way to like link people together too. 
Oh, well, that's, that's, if you could do it on the profile, then that's cool. That's, that's Yeah, nice. you, you can put all of your stuff in your profile, but you have to actually go and search that person out on Discord and click. Right. I, I have mine in my About Me section with, like, all my different links. Oh, yeah, I guess you can't, you can't reverse search, because I'd want to say I want to reverse search my Twitter handle from my, yeah. like, yeah, I'm, I'm not I sure. I don't think it's searchable. <laughs> so there's a... a thing called orbit that will like map your communities that you're in and that will kind of keep track of the people in your different communities so that would go okay. over twitter and discord and that might do what you're thinking um yeah that's okay nice. back to job openings so ubs was another talk that we had uh ran zucker did a talk on ubs at our last felt summit and they are hiring a junior and a senior felt developer and you can just message at ran zucker on discord r-a-n-z-u-k-e-r and get in touch with them about a job opening there and then railbird nice. is also hiring a software engineer and i have links to all of those in the show notes Sweet. Okay, so lots of fun job openings, and I know the tech world right now is like going insane with all of the layoffs that are happening, and it just it feels like it's never ending. But I speak from experience that it sucked, but there are yeah. better things out there. So <laughs> just keep looking and keep your head up. Okay. Yeah. So nothing to I add just- on that. <laughs> Nothing, nothing to add on that. Just, I'm amazed that the, the, the layoff thing is still going. It's, it's, it's I know. really unfortunate. It feels like it's just not going to stop. And I mean, people are just jumping on the train at this point. And each yeah. week it seems like there's a new company added to it. But I hope well, I, it slows down. Yeah, I, I understood that one of the reasons that it's like a train is because people were seeing opportunity to use Google's layoff to mask their own. Exactly. Which is uh, unfortunate. That should be my unpopular opinion. <laughs> I mean, I feel for, I feel for both sides, right? When you're running a company and you need to reduce headcount to keep your costs, to keep yourself afloat, you know, if you don't do that, everyone loses their jobs. But maybe there is a point where people should have gone, hey, you know what? We hired too fast. We shouldn't hire that fast. We should learn a lesson here and, and you know, try and keep calm in, in, good, in the good times as well as, you know. Yeah, and I do get both sides too, but I think a lot of companies are using it as a scapegoat. And yeah, that oh, it bothers me. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, back to our list here. So Threlt now has scrolly telling capabilities. So um, cool. Penguin did a talk, or no, I'm sorry, Ron. Ron, Ron. did a talk on scrolly telling at Svelte Summit, and Threlt can now do that. Threlt is a 3JS library for Svelte. Is that a good way to describe it? And we've had uh, one of the developers there on the podcast. So we have another podcast you can go listen to all about Threlt. We should link that one. uh, Yeah, it's in the show notes. (laughs) (laughs) Already linked in there. It's just a Twitter post, uh, I think. Andrew? Alex. Alex Warns uh, put on Twitter about the scrolly telling. Nice. And I'm going to let you do the last one because it's a Svelte Society thing. Svelte Society, the hackathon. Yes. I don't think so, we've talked about the hackathon yet on Svelte Radio. I thought I thought we announced it on Svelte Radio. Maybe I was, uh, maybe you weren't there and I was there. I don't know. But anyway, there oh, is a Svelte hackathon. That's possible. It's possible, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> We, yeah, I mean, we do a lot of radio here, so who knows? <laughs> yeah, so Svelte Hackathon with not-so-svelte prizes. 
So essentially, as I remember it here, there is a $12,000, is that right? Total price pool? For the price pool, yeah, I think that is right. Because well, so I can, Kevin I can wrote work. it with 12 period zero 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 <laughs> and people freaked out about it. Silly euro. Silly euro. Oh, what does that mean? $12? $12. Uh, $12. $12 price fund, everyone. It's like $3 per prize. No, so it, it, it is it is actually $12,000. I did, I did joke on Twitter that it was $12 as well, but it is $12,000. So there's $3,000 for the best whiz-bangery. So if you've got some, um, some whiz-banging, then you can get that prize. 3,000 for best library. So this is building something with felt package, which is cool. That's recently been changed to just be less intrusive. I think just be, just be generally, generally a bit better and, and less, it was doing a lot of magic and, and now it does less magic and that's actually better. Um, I say lots of magic. It was, it was munging a package JSON file. And now it doesn't do that. So yeah. felt package $3,000 prize for that. Let's explain um, what Whizbangery is too. So it's on novelty, quality, and ability to inspire delight. Yes. I like that, that description. Delightful, delightful it's, stuff. We It's the joy. We call those wow moments. Whimsy. That's another way. To whimsy. Do. Yeah. Best whimsy. Yes. Although whimsy is <laughs> more like casual. It's, it's something fl fleeting and, and, you know, Whereas Wizbangery is like in your face. Wow. <laughs> Check out Ron AU's YouTube presentation level. Yes. <laughs> Floating um, heads and everything. Yeah. I'm still like floored that he did that, that whole episode. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. I, I don't know where people get time. I really don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the prices are 3000 for the first, 3000 for the second, 3000 for the best ecosystem integration. So this is um, integrating Svelte with other web tech. So anything that talks to something else that's on the web, you know, is is, is eligible for this. I, there's no examples on this one. I would say that probably an example of this would be something, I'm not gonna say web components because that's one, that's one thing that we kind of try and do internally, but something to do with uh, integrating something on the web already. So I don't know, it could be, I, I don't wanna, I don't wanna have, to say like wrapper libraries for things because we shouldn't have those, but maybe there's something that's- you Would know, that page transition API, like we were talking about Jeff doing earlier, be something that would qualify? I don't know. I think it could be a good candidate. You know, it could be a good candidate. The thing is I can't think of something because I haven't got an idea for this category. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if you have, then you'll know what it is. It's need to, need to know basis. Um, and, then, and then the second prize. So this is where it confused me because the second prize it's the same categories, but it's second price for that. And it's 1000 yes. pounds per category. So, so that's the full 12 grand there. So exciting stuff. Yeah. Cause and when you add it up, it's 10 grand and you're like, wait, what happened? Yeah. But it's for three categories. So we have three, I six, mean, nine, and then a thousand. I wasn't like, I wasn't like, wait, cause I can't add up anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so third, fourth and fifth place, the next three winners for each category will be awarded one Vercel pro account and one StackBlitz astronaut account, courtesy of the sponsors. Yes, and Imagine thank you that. for Cell and StackBlitz for sponsoring. I know, check that out. So I have a Vercel Pro account and it's awesome. Very I don't awesome. have a StackBlitz astronaut account now, I want one. I do have one because I did VeetConf yeah. last year. They gave me a year for the astronaut account. Nice, okay, very cool. It's pretty cool. They have that code flow thing that's coming out. Who can't enter? Svelte Society organizers, 
Svelte yeah. ambassadors. <laughs> Svelte sounds organized. Svelte org members, family members. Okay, so I can't. I'm I'm at least for this we're, categories. We're out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, so go definitely read the rules before you embark on some huge project. And your family members. So and tell your family. Your family. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's fair, isn't it? Yes, fair. that is fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, check the site out. So it's hack.sveltsociety.dev. Check that out. Um, get yourself a svelte and a non-svelte prize for a svelte project. It's very confusing. It runs from February 17th to April 17th. So you still have a good month plus two months, nearly. Two, two, nearly two months. This little syntax here confused my <laughs> other podcast yeah. co-host, Alex. He said, wait, what is that? And then he's like, oh, it starts February 17th and it ends April 17th. So they're trying to be a little clever with the HTML brackets. I don't I don't know if I like it. It's difficult. <laughs> and there's it a be space like, in it. <laughs> ooh, it should be like slash 17 space April. Yeah, something. You know, or <laughs> I don't like... Know. Because it could be an un, an un a valueless attribute. So it would be April because you're not but the site the is gorgeous. Tag. I love the three D stuff behind the Svelte logo in the corner. I don't know who designs these sites now, but they're great. I know that Willow and there ah. were several people in here. Um, I want to get as many people as I can. Um, Simon's in this thread. Enrico's in the thread. Kareem, Ben. I don't know if it was Danny or who does the music, the audio stuff. Uh, forgotten, forgotten the name. Just wanted that Brady, that Brady, fractal. Part. Brady, that's it, of course. So, and Brady was also working a lot on the site. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. So it was um, a group collaboration effort, but they did a great job on it. Probably a couple of important things to mention, actually, is you can have a team between one and three members. So it doesn't have to be just you. You can have other people. Um, and the other thing is that if you're below the legal age in your country, you have to obtain written permission to enter. Ah, so the legal age in your country. So it depends on where you're at. The mobile yep. view of the website has an amazing animation for the next ah. opening, too, which is really cool. Nice. All right. Well, I think that's all we've got. Do we want to transition to unpopular opinions? Yes. Enough fawning over this hackathon. <laughs> well, the hackathon site, at least. All right. And so. I've already talked about my unpopular opinions. Stop laying people off if you don't have a good reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good, I mean, that's a good one. I like that. It's not unpopular. It's, it's not unpopular. Popular. It's just, I think it's very yeah. Popular. Everything that I think of is just a popular opinion. So. <laughs> um, cool. Okay. So my unpopular opinion is cloud abstractions are good. Actually, this, this kind of relates to my Terraform stuff. Mm -hmm. I moved this project for reasons of security, uh, around database IP restrictions, which railway can't do. I moved it from railway, which is a decent platform actually to Google cloud and railway took me like, I don't know, 10 minutes set up. This has taken me two days and counting to set up on Google Cloud. I do wow. like cloud abstractions because most of the time I don't want to deal with all of the AIM permissions and stuff. I just want like, here we go, here's an app deployed, done. I need to get on with things, right? I can't face all of the setup and complexity and roles and bindings and inheritance and all the stuff just to 
run a project in Node, right? So my my point here is that clouds are great and wonderful. I'm glad they exist for those who need them, but the abstractions like the cell that sit on top, absolutely invaluable and shouldn't be shouldn't be missed. Um, yes. People are very against them saying they don't deliver any value. Well, I can guarantee that they definitely deliver value because the cost of me working on this for two days has already been paid for over and over and over again. Are you talking uh, about like serverless abstractions, like serverless yeah. functions and things well, that server and sit on top of? And server full, right? Railway is server full. It, it just runs a node app on a little mini instance on, on top of AWS or something. Uh, you know, it's great, right? Yeah. It's, it, it works. It takes a few minutes to set up. And for something that doesn't need all the complexity of those, of those roles and visions, it works well. Um, I tend yeah. to agree. We're not going to bicker. No, we're not. There's, there's no <laughs> con controversy there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there will be with other people, I'm sure. Controversy. Hicks. I can't. How do you say? I don't know. My nose is getting really blocked, so I just don't <laughs> say anything right now. Well, I I think that's just a Britishism. Just oh, how you be. say it is different. I say controversy. Well, well, I'd say controversy. I've heard people say controversy. Oh, which I thought was an Americanism, so I have no idea. No clue. <laughs> Aluminum. Uh, no, that's the way I say it. How, how is, what's the other pronunciation of it? Aluminum. Alum I don't know. There's another one, and it's really You want bad. to know how we say it? Yes. Aluminium. Yes, that. Oh, it's <laughs> so bad. That's really bad. That's the way it's said. Aluminium. What? Aluminium. <laughs> Aluminum. No, because it's got more letters than that. <laughs> Aluminium. My hey, goodness. how do you say, like, let's say tarragon. How do you say, what's what's tarragon? Tarragon? Yeah. Tarragon. Yeah, but what's the, what what is it? What's the archetype of tarragon and basil and, or basil or whatever? Basil. Oh, no. Basil. <laughs> what's the, what's the archetype? What are these? They're herbs. <sighs> Herbs with an H. Herb. herb. It's a silent H, herb. It's not silent because it's herb. <laughs> There's our unpopular opinion section. That's an unpopular opinion, yeah. That's great. Oh, why, I love it. Why would it be a silent H? That is ridiculous. It is not an herb, it is a herb. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous when you say it because that's why. <laughs> <laughs> Not in this country. If I asked for herbs, they'd be like, eh, what? <laughs> then you would be. <laughs> um, oh, there was another one. There was another one. I don't know. I think it's certain states that say it differently. But you know when you get two pieces of metal uh, in electronics and you have a little... Actually, one sec. I'll show you because you can see me on the camera. <laughs> What's this? Can you see this? Oh, no, oh, no I side. can't. Your mic's in the way. Can you see this thing? And. Auxiliary cable? Is that what? No, it's, it's too no. It's in the distance. Sorry, it's in, it's too in the distance and it's plugged in, so I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> but essentially, it's for it's for doing like you've got a circuit and you connect the bits of wire together or the bits of metal together. I feel like we're playing a game. It's like, can you guess what this thing is without? Well, <laughs> I, 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 I'll tell you. I would call it soldering. What do you call it? Soldering. Soldering. Why? There's an L. I don't know. I just say it the way I've heard it my entire life. It's definitely not soldering. It's, okay. It even sounds rude. 
soldering. Soldering with an L. S O L. Soldering. Soldering. <laughs> there is an L in it. I will give you that. I just. I, I, just the way I it question is. lots of lots of things about <laughs> English in general. Why are live and live spelled exactly the same? Oh yeah, well that's a whole different thing. Like, why on <laughs> earth do we do we pronounce things differently when they're the same letters and same combinations? <laughs> this is why, I like, I think it's Polish. Everything is the same, right? So once you can pronounce the two letters together, they're always the same, and it's great because you can learn them all and then just read Polish out loud as if you know it, but you don't. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you don't know what it. you're actually saying. Pronounce no, but it. You can but... read. Yeah, I've been reading like I was reading like Polish books when I was about twenty because I was learning Polish for a bit, and I was just reading the books out loud to people as if I was some kind of bilingual, which I'm not. That sounds dangerous. <laughs> well, <laughs> you they would just be saying things to somebody, and they'll come up and punch you in the face. Well, but I mean, I was reading a book; it wasn't you know against them. <laughs> yeah, hopefully yeah. that was safe. But that's pretty yeah, impressive that you could read it even if you didn't understand. <laughs> Exactly, because you just learn what the two letters together mean, what the little accents on them mean, and, and you know how they how they sound, and it's all yeah. just reading them out. Interesting. That yeah. language looks very scary to me. So um, it does look scary, but it's it's not as scary as as you'd expect. The thing that's scary about it, I think, will be the usuals, like how many genders they have, how many how many genders and tenses that you have to say things differently based on, on uh, things like that. Yeah, that's the way a lot of languages are with like the gender pronouns and it's very yeah. difficult to understand. Yeah. Spanish like, is like that. I've been oh yeah. Spanish. I think it's, I think it's, it could, I could be wrong here because I've, I've done this with a lot of languages, but I think Finnish, everything has an implicit gender. So like the chair might be a she, but the table might be a he. Yeah. And if you mix it up, they look at you like, what? Like, what are a you talking table. about? table. <laughs> I have one more thing to say about language, sure. and it was when we were at Svelte Summit in Sweden, everywhere says utfart. <laughs> and oh, I, yeah. I, I now know that utfart means exit, but it is just <laughs> the funniest word <laughs> to say yeah, Ausfacht in German, I think. Is that how you pronounce it? I don't know. I, I, I probably something. mispronounced it horribly, but <laughs> it's still hilarious. <laughs> I, I do. I do like going and pronouncing signs in the countries, no matter whether I'm wrong or not. I think when I first when I first met Kev, I, I had some very old Swedish knowledge from when I was really young, and I talked to a Swedish girl, and I learned a few things. And one thing she taught me was what I now know is stick, which just means leave, right? Because he was on his bike, he turned up, he was going to go home, and I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna show off my my Swedish here. I'm gonna say, <laughs> and it's it's written sticka, right? So. I was like, sticker. He's like, what? <laughs> but it's nice. <laughs> it's stick. And it means like, piss off, basically, which is quite funny. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Goodness. But it, I lost the whole thing because I, I pronounced it wrong and he had no idea what I was saying. And when you have to explain your joke, it's, it's bad. Yes. I'm pasting an Utfart picture in our show notes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That Utfart. I don't know that one. I was thinking it's, the German, but exit. is that Swedish? It's, is that yeah. Swedish or... It, nice. Yeah, we saw it all over in Sweden, and it just means the exit. So, like, some of the signs <laughs> have, like, little pointy arrows. and. Utfart. Yeah, in German, it's got an F-A-H-R-T, I think. And it's aus, like, aus, out is A-U-S, I think. So it's ausfart. But, yeah, same, same sort of mm. thing. Interesting. Well, should we do our picks? I don't even have one in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my pick is quite simple, really. Um 
one thing I've noticed about all these baby things that you get is that they all have massive design flaws. And I wish if I had nothing else to do in my life, I would reinvent baby things and fix the flaws because they're very obvious, very obvious flaws to fix. For me is that prams don't have any way of having built-in lighting. And when you walk around in the winter in England, it's usually dark most of the time and pushing a pramagate across busy roads and down, you know, through woods and little paths uh, as England is full of in the dark is not much fun at all. So I was sticking bike lights on it. And this is an example of how, how revolutionary this idea is of putting lights on a pram. When I put a bike light hanging off the pram, people with other prams would walk past and stare at it to try to figure out how I'd done it. Like really, (laughs) really, really, really basic stuff. So I, um, and I'll try and attach a photo to this as well. My, uh, it feels like I've got all my life to do arts and crafts, but I really haven't. I'm doing things because they're necessities. And um, so, because we do a lot of walk in the dark. And so I've got, had some LED strip at home, had a lots of USB batteries. And so I stuck the LED strip on the pram, wrapped it in automotive wiring loom tape. So it looks like part of the pram. And now I can plug my USB cable into the USB battery. All the lights go on the pram. I've got white ones all along the front. I've got red ones all along the back, really bright and obvious and visible. And the looks I get now are ridiculous. People <laughs> get distracted from what they're doing to look at the lights on the pram. It's and some woman in the park yesterday was just like, she couldn't contain herself. She was, oh my God. And she's <laughs> blown so away exciting. that I had lights on the pram. Um, Is it rechargeable? Yeah, it's USB batteries. They're just phone batteries. You know, you get to recharge oh, your phone. Okay. So it's just one of those. Um, and it's just basic LED strip that you get Amazon for five quid. You know, it's, it's, it's nothing. A pram is a stroller, right? Oh, uh, yes. A pram <laughs> is a stroller. And a dummy uh, is a pacifier and a... A dummy? A... You call a passy a dummy? A passy. <laughs> a passy. Yeah, we say passy for short. We call them, well, we, we call them many things. My mum calls them uh, dodies for some reason. My uh, my stepmum, not my stepmum, my mother-in-law, sorry, calls them doodies or something like that, I think. <laughs> uh, and we call, I call them dummies. So who knows? But yeah, dummies. we don't call them pacifiers. Interesting. Um, some people call them loveys too. I'm... Never heard that one either. <laughs> loveys. <laughs> Lots of fun um, things. And a blanket, you call a comforter. I mean, a certain type of blanket. There is a duvet, a comforter. They're different types of blankets. Okay. Yeah. But you call them blankets too. Yeah. I mean, if I just wanted like a little blanket, like downstairs, we have like blankets in our ottoman that I would call just a blanket to cover up with. Sometimes I call my sheet a blanket too. So it's. I interchange them a lot, but a comforter nice. and a duvet are specific types of blankets. Nice. Okay. I didn't know that. We, I just, I just assumed that all blankets were called comforters and I thought they are comforting. I mean, it's fair enough. And a pacifier I mean, definitely pacifies. Like a comforter for me is the thing that goes on top of your bed. That's like the thing that fully covers the bed. And I think a duvet is the mm. one that hangs off the end. Sometimes they have like a little decorative yeah. blanket. We or is call... that the one that goes around the bottom? I don't remember. But... The duvet, the duvet is the thing with 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 goose down or whatever you got in there to keep yourself warm in this freezing cold country. Oh, um, I would yeah, call the, that the... a comforter. Okay, so it's a duvet then, and then on top of that, the thing you described, I think, would be a would be a throw. We'd call it a throw. Oh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many weird intricacies with yeah. these languages and stuff. Odd, huh? So I did 
think of a pick. Um, I want to preface mm. this with that I do not agree with J.K. Rowling's ideas and things that have been Agreed. said about her. And I don't preface this with any of her thoughts, but I do love the game. So Hogwarts Legacy has been, uh, I have a 10 year old daughter and she is obsessed with Harry Potter. She's read all the books multiple times. And so we got um, the game and it is beautiful. And I think that it's kind of funny because how she is with her views inside the game, there is a trans person that is voiced and so they've they've kind of made little nods to the fact that they don't agree with her and that there are characters with different storylines inside of the game also and nice i think it's really beautifully done and it's really fun to play the combat in it is just amazing and it feels very magical no spoilers but i did get thrown into a haunted mansion (laughs) and it was terrifying yesterday so that was scary for a children's game yeah Interesting. Um, it's worth noting that actually a lot of these things that she doesn't have the rights to anymore anyway, so you're not really directly supporting her. She's sold them. Really? Um, I thought she still makes like royalties or whatever off of some of she, this. Uh, she might do. It depends on who it is. I know that the yeah. Disney films, the directorship's not her anymore anyway. Yeah. The films, are, the, the films are now Disney's or whatever, and they're just Disney's. I used to work for J.K. Rowling, and one interesting factoid is that she has a... I can't remember what the name of the, the role is, but she has somebody working with her uh, at the office where that person knows the books better than she does, like a fact checker. What? Yeah. <laughs> she so, wrote the books and somebody else knows it better? Somebody else will vet everything she writes afterwards to make sure it's factually and chronologically and story, oh whatever God. the chronology in the story is, correct? Because every story has two chronologies, right? It's got real-world chronology, and it's and like like your time and our time, and it's got the story time chronology. Yeah. Um, so you can't, you've got to check two facts. One, you've got to check that chronologically inside the book, in terms of story, it makes sense. But you've got to check also that you're not releasing something that could be read before it's happened in the books in the real time if you're reading them in series. So you've got the real-world chronology too. Interesting. So it's like a historian for the Harry yeah. Potter books. Awesome. Yeah, she knows how every character fits together. She knows what's out of t- out of out of kilter for a character to think or to say or to do. It's, uh, That's something interesting about this game too. Is it's set a hundred years before the books, so you mm. see like some of the ancestors, and you see some nods to like some of the things in the movies and our books. And so she will have really been to cool all game. of that. She would have yeah. been to all of that and said, "This person does this in future, so therefore they can't have they can't have had their hand chopped off." <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, it's really the best game I've played on the PS5 so far, and I I think it's great. I I don't play my PlayStation; it's unplugged, but it's also four. <laughs> uh, we had to buy an extra hard drive for it. Uh, we have a two terabyte <laughs> hard drive, and that will get full, and so we have to trade out wow. games on it. But yeah. Everybody else plays all the time. I rarely play anymore. And this is the first game that I've been like, I really want to go play right now. Wow. <laughs> it's worth a look. It sounds like it's worth a look. Interesting. Yeah, worth a look. Okay. Cool. Cool pick. Well, I think that's all we have today. Yeah, we've discussed lots of different things, fought over language. To the nth degree. Sometimes it's nice when it's just two of us because we have a little more banter back and forth. <laughs> Well, but we miss Kev the... and we hope Kev feels better and we Sean do. is not here too. You have to fill the time when there's only two of you. You know, you have yes. to you have to keep the conversation flowing. <laughs> exactly. Yep. 
Well, thank you, everyone, and we will catch you again next week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Brittany. Hey, it's Kevier. If you like the show, please drop a review on your favorite podcast player. It would help out a lot. Thanks.